St. Thomas Aquinas defines mercy as the compassion in our heart at the misery of another with the desire to relieve that misery if we can. Thinking about this definition, you could say that all of God's dealings with humanity since the fall have been merciful because God has seen the misery that sin has caused the human race from the very beginning and the divine heart is moved to relieve that suffering. That mercy has taken different shapes over the millennia. We read through the Old Testament the many ways in which God dealt with the chosen people, calling them back to himself over and over again. But that the most wonderful sign of God's mercy is the incarnation of God taking our flesh and dwelling among us and offering that flesh on the cross and raising it up again for our justification. We know, because we, we've been recalling this week, the many appearances that Jesus made to his disciples immediately after the resurrection. And we can put together something of a timeline for those appearances that Jesus first appeared to Mary Magdalene in the garden of where the tomb was. Then he appeared to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And then finally, we get what we hear this morning of going to the locked room where the, the ten were and offering that gift of peace. And I think if we think about these appearances for a moment, they make very good sense. That first he appears to Mary Magdalene because she was heading toward Jesus. She was heading toward the tomb in order to do one more act of love for him who had done so much for her. So she, in a sense, was the closest and was the easiest for Jesus to appear to. Then Jesus appears to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, who, unlike Mary Magdalene, are going the wrong way. They are heading away from Jerusalem. They're heading away from the community. And so Jesus appears to them and speaks to them of the scriptures that refer to him to the point where their hearts are burning. They feel God so close. And finally, in the Eucharist, in the breaking of the bread, they finally realize who it is that is speaking to them. And finally, we have the apostles who are in a locked room. 
uh, a very apt image for anyone who is overcome by fear, uh, because fear constricts our world. It constricts our vision so that we cannot see even what is right in front of us. And I can only imagine that that room was very quiet because not only were they mourning the death of their Lord and Master, but they were all acutely aware of their own abandonment of Jesus in his moment of need. We know that Peter had the gift of tears after he denied Christ three times right in the garden, or right, right rather, in the courtyard, rather. And that, that gift, that healing gift of Christ was already surely at work in Peter's heart, but the other disciples uh, were only beginning. Obviously, we're not told in Scripture, but I think it makes a lot of sense that Jesus also, after he died, went in search of Judas Iscariot in the underworld. We know that Jesus went in those days to unlock the gates of paradise to bring all of our just ancestors who had been barred from paradise from the act of disobedience of our first parents, who had been waiting for Christ to come. But surely, Jesus, in his full humanity, who had great love for Judas, who was one of the twelve, after all, who Jesus personally chose to be one of his intimate associates, who betrayed him and, in an act of desperation, took his own life. And we know from those who have attempted taking their own lives that it is a pain within them that is so overwhelming, some sorrow that has so taken over their life, that the only way that they can see to relieve themselves of that pain is to take their own life. And surely the God of mercy would have wanted to go and give Judas one last opportunity to relieve himself of that burden, of that great sorrow, that great pain, that great shame that he carried for betraying Jesus and offer him that gift of healing and reconciliation. But this is what the Lord of mercy does for all of us, that Christ appears in our locked room, in that place in our hearts uh, that is dark, uh, that is lonely, uh, that is filled with pain or shame or whatever else it is. And Jesus comes not to remonstrate, not to condemn, but to offer his peace, the divine peace, 
of a world redeemed. Since he took on our flesh in order to sacrifice it so that we might have life. And Jesus goes into the darkest parts of our world, both kind of on a cosmic scale, but on a personal scale as well. That he comes into those dark, locked rooms and offers peace. Peace be with you. This is the gift that the risen Christ offers so that the church and all humanity can be transformed. Because by rising from the dead, Jesus has definitively destroyed the power of sin and death in human and all of the cosmos. But because we are who we are, that gift takes time to grow. We see in these post-resurrection accounts the apostles gradually being healed of their fear, being healed of their betrayal. Indeed, it's not until 50 days later on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes upon them until that transformation is complete. Again, looking at Peter, you know, who was in that locked room afraid for his life on Easter Sunday morning, 50 days later was out in the public square proclaiming the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus for all to hear. And again, this is what love does. When that healing casts out fear and our own woundedness, that we too can embrace the gift of the Holy Spirit, to embrace the gift, the mission that he has entrusted to each one of us, to make his message known, to share the good news that we have received, not just uh, on, a, on a community level, but on a very personal level as well. Because all of us have encountered the crucified and risen Lord. He has offered us that gift of peace and sealed us with the gift of the Holy Spirit and entrusted to us that same mission as he entrusted it to the apostles, that he says to each one of us, as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. So let us embrace that gift of Christ's peace. Let us allow it to transform our own woundedness, our own brokenness, so that we might take our place as his witnesses and proclaim his message to all that we meet.